Paul. Hello. How's it going? International break's over. Man United have played. We're back doing podcasts. Hey. Yay. Oh. Um, yeah, I, I had a nice week in, in Wales. You did? Which was really nice. Lots of beautiful scenery. Went to the Lynn Peninsula. Don't know where in that North is. North Wales. Right. So, you, you know, like the very top of Wales, there's Anglesey yes. that sticks out. And then there's a bit that sticks out in the other direction. That's the Lynn Peninsula. Um, bit, and it's, bit close to Liverpool, isn't it? Bit, you know, bit close. It's a long way. I mean... Dangerously it's close. Also, it's it's also close to Manchester, yeah. to be fair. Like, that's it's on the same... You know what? It's close in terms of latitude, not particularly close in terms of longitude, because it's right on the coast. So, you know... The West Coast. Um, anyway, it was lovely, and I drove into Snowdonia and went around. I'm just basically trying to put off talking about football for as long as possible because I am uh, going to be such a downer about this fantastic time. It's like the best time anyone's ever had uh, Old Trafford for years on end. Yes. There's just this atmosphere of lionization and celebration and i'm just looking at it like um like i'm looking at a magic eye picture that only i can see and everyone else is or or rather like everyone else can see some picture that i can't see you know yes no it's a good way of putting it isn't it uh it, it's it was very interesting in the build-up and i couldn't help but feel you know, really cynical about the way that United sort of approached marketing Ronaldo's return. I mean, I I counted over 80 posts on various social media channels and I, st- I stopped counting. That was just the week before the game, to be honest. And like 75% yeah. of everything that United posted was about Ronaldo. And it's Ronaldo, Ronaldo, Ronaldo. The story's going around about how many shirt sales have been made and uh, uh, get onto that later. It's nonsense. But um, it, it's just all being focused on him, and he, you know, it was almost as if a game of football was getting in the way of the marketing. Because uh, United are a media platform, aren't they? And uh, and they and the lionization, as you put it, is is part of the product, um, isn't it? To sell yeah. sell whatever else they sell. Yeah, and and I don't think I've ever been more shocked by anything in my life than the fact that Jaden Sancho was the pit person that was on the picture alongside the team sheet. I was like, you lot haven't read your own playbook here. You <laughs> did, this is a this is, um, in the, goal, Ronaldo. Uh, <laughs> right back. The the, um, the you know the horrible stuff we talked about it in tremendous detail yes. last time two weeks ago. Um, I just would say once again. If you are completely wrapped up in this and you don't know what's going on and why people are being miserable about it, or if you're um, thinking that people are jumping to conclusions or anything like that, I would encourage anyone who hasn't and has the stomach for it to read the De Spiegel piece. It's going to be a very difficult read. And and this, obviously, what we're going to talk about now comes with some content warnings of various descriptions of violence against women, um, sexual assault, like that's it's awful that you have to put a content warning on the on the start of a football podcast but um you know there'll probably be 10 minutes or so of discussion about about this stuff and then we'll talk about the actual football um just wanted to kind of uh redress something that we talked about because at that point you know we've really genuinely felt sort of a bit like an island because there was so little coverage of that story and that is something that's got kind of better and better as the as the time's gone on. Um Vitushan Etanharajo I thought was excellent about this on um 
Football Ramble. I didn't listen to this, but they talked about it on Guardian Football Weekly. Um, Musa and Ryan talked Briefly. about it. Right. Briefly. Uh, Max, Ru- Max Rushton wrote a really yes. good article in The Guardian about it afterwards. He did, yeah. It was better than the podcast, but yeah. Right, right. As in um, fuller context. Yeah. Uh, Musa and Ryan talked about yeah. it beautifully on Stadio. Um, that I don't think that's a surprise to anyone that those two were sensitive and um, insightful about the nature of the conversation. But then The Athletic wrote um, uh, a breakdown of it, uh, very much the best that they could do under the circumstances legally, I'm sure. A little bit like every... Pen- there's no, They're not allowed to to inf- uh, imply any conclusion one way or another in that article. No, and, and in fact, um, repeated coverage... Repeated coverage is a is a factor in this. You know, it can be determined that you are implying a conclusion by covering something over and over again. Yeah, um, and then Tifo, uh, who I mean, I'm friends with the people at Tifo. I know that they're feeling this very strongly. Um, I made a video from that. Um, this is just basically by way of saying this conversation is is happening in a way that it wasn't or didn't seem to be. Joe. Um, .co.uk uh, wrote some editorial yes. stuff about that um, and a, a banner was flown over the ground in a plane saying hashtag believe Catherine Mayorga so like that's this that you know it's pretty uh, pretty out like um, visible it was very that was the point and and yeah. and they the group that did that said afterwards that this is about you know continuing the conversation and and making sure that you know we have context around the lionization of Cristiano Ronaldo and and you know the we're going to talk about the football and how excellent he was on the pitch um, but there yeah. is context outside of it you know context sort of um buttressed somewhat by Ryan Giggs currently uh Accused, but sub judice, so you know, not been found guilty of assaulting his girlfriend and her sister, uh, which you know added somewhat to the uh, narrative. I think uh, in a right, uh, I'd say personally rather unpleasant way, because you know he's been relieved of his duties or suspended as manager of Wales for quite some time now. Oh, he was in the director's he's box. in the director's box, yeah, at Old Trafford yeah. during the game, which which kind of said something, didn't it, about the club yeah. and you know what it thinks of violence against against women, sexual or otherwise, and and to the stance that the club is going to make, you know, um, and and going around and you know, sorry, I'm rambling a little bit, but going around on social media was a conversation that Gordon Strachan had a few years ago, where he said football has no morals. We had we had you know drink driving convicts, people who've battered their wives, other violence, and we just don't care. And the clubs keep supporting them, mm. and it's kind of you know, yes. Gordon, yes, that is very true. Um, well, I, I don't think we talked about this. Uh, maybe if, apologies if this is repetition. But I don't think we talked about this two weeks ago. We also have to set this in the context of what Solskjaer did at Mulder, where a man who is still on the run uh, was made captain of the club um, while hearings were pending. Like, not captain of the club, sorry. Um, he was He was made captain for... A game when the captain wasn't available, like yeah. he was the player chosen to be captain. Like that's you know, that's an insane level of blindness to the um, 
optics. Yeah, no, for sure, of- for sure. And and um, again, you know, we, we've talked about that before, haven't we? Yeah. Uh, and and there's a, a huge amount of detail in an article on Josimar. It won't take you very long to Google that and find um, out about that case too. But you know, all these things kind of add up, don't they? Yeah, they sure do. And, it, and, and you know, I, I talked about being feeling like um, I was the only one. I don't mean the only one, because there's a lot of us. There is a substantial minority, and it's clearly a minority, of United fans who are really... And, and the thing that I'm most uncomfortable with isn't Cristiano Ronaldo playing for Manchester United. That I'm regular level of uncomfortable with. I'm uncomfortable with that. That's... But that's the football has no morals thing, right? The thing that gets me on a on a sort of personal level, on an emotional level, the thing that gets me is people not caring. <laughs> it's you know, and and it's very clear because 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 you could scroll down certain timelines on Twitter and see, I love Ronaldo, I love Ronaldo, I love Ronaldo, and you go back far enough, it's like, oh, City are scumbags, aren't they, with that Ben Mendy stuff, and it's like. Yeah, all right. You're um, you seem to have uh, switched something off in your brain, and and you know, I kn- I know I'm smart enough to know that football fans' tribalism will override their humanity essentially over and over and over again. But even though I know that happens, I'm still shocked when it happens because it's so like personally antithetical. Like I couldn't imagine putting football tribalism above basic humanity that seems like a like a a complete uh, abdication of moral responsibility ethical responsibility just like human our responsibility to each other you know but anyway that's yes uh, no no i look i i agree with everything i was trying to compose some thoughts there um we we've discussed this off air you know how we would think about this and cover it and and what is the appropriate um, response to it and and it has ranged from look we're just not going to podcast anymore because how can how can you support this man in the context of reading the spiegel right very 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 hard to do that to we have a small platform here yeah um, and we can say something about it within the confines and not getting sued by cristiano Ronaldo. although I, <laughs> yeah. I do think him suing some united fans would would be interesting. It would do great for our podcast numbers. Gotta say, it'd be through the roof. Um, but you know, I don't really want to end up in in court arguing whether you know <laughs> we've crossed the line or not. Uh, but yeah. but you know, so so we did have that discussion, and I, I think we in the end we felt that um, you know within the confines of what we can say, we want to talk about it, and because yeah. it matters, and and to some extent. We've compartmentalised for some time. I mean, you know, the scumbags that own our club um, was enough for a good number of people to stop yeah. supporting United, you know, and, and I certainly felt like that. And I've mentioned it on this pod before, you know, I still have my commun- community shares in FC United and it's a very minor level of protest, you know. Um, and and so there's plenty of reasons for it to be very difficult to support for the club, you know, and, and um, you know, I'm welcome... I welcome you to call me a hypocrite, but I feel like I've compartmentalised it. You know, the commercial side of the club, I hate. Um, some of the personal profiles of the players I'm 
not hugely a fan of. Um, and this this particular uh, signing is very, very difficult, probably the most difficult of the lot. Um, and, uh, and, and within that, you know, I still jumped up and down and supported United winning the game yesterday. And we're recording on Sunday, so this is Saturday, whenever it was, afternoon. Yeah, three o'clock. Yeah. Um, Sadly for the broadcasters. Um, and well, happily... not, you see, you know, living in the States, you can get 100% access to all Premier League, yep. La Liga, Ligue 1, Bundesliga football. I think that's all the stuff. Oh, plus MLS, but that doesn't really count as no. football, does it? Um, they, you know, it would have been interesting if a lot of the Ryan Giggs stuff had happened, had come out in the mid 2000s. You know, that would have been that would have been on this level. But this is easily the hardest one for me personally. Um, I actually didn't watch the game live because I was traveling yesterday um, when I was watching match of the day. I didn't know the score. I did the thing where you avoid the scores. I thought you were. Um, yeah. It, me me messaging you on WhatsApp wasn't getting a response. <laughs> no. Um, and then um uh, you know, I, I, I cheered the Bruno goal and the Jesse Lingard goals pretty loud uh, whilst watching that game as a sort of, I don't know, there's like some relief to that. In, in a second, we will get on to talking about the football and, 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 and hashtag stick to football. Shout out Marcus Rashford and to, talking of like weird moral quandaries. He's very happy that Cristiano Ronaldo's come back. Um, but also he wrote a thing in The Spectator about why he won't stick to football. And there is a phenomenal amount of moral courage for, for him writing an article for The Spectator. I thought that was, he is very, very prepared to talk to people who are not his base. Which, uh, for sure, he's like the politician, the left-leaning politician that goes on Fox News, right? <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure he's going to convert too many Spectator readers, but you know, good, no. good for him to take in, take yeah. in the message over there, yes. Um, but the, like, like, the thing that got me... Most the thing that was most difficult to watch, Alan Shearer saying any young person watching this should be looking at Ronaldo, and you're like, I know exactly what he means, and obviously he's right in a technical football sense, but it hurt to hear it, and the sheer level of devotion and love from the United support for this player, which I completely understand. This story, the level of romance to this story is absolutely through the roof if you take out um the stuff. The the just the the, the football thing of it, him completely talking I mean, you know, he'd be a little cynical and be like, Oh, he loved us so much and why'd you wait till you're thirty six to come back, Ronnie? But you know, like that's this you know, never mind you could suspend I would I know I would have been prepared to suspend my cynicism about that and just enjoy the romance of the story. And people are bought in in a very, very big way. People went to that game to sing Viva Ronaldo. Like, that's why they were there. And um, I'm not saying they wouldn't have been there anyway to watch United and sing different songs. But on this day, on this occasion, that's why they went. A huge number of players, fans stayed behind. And they were still singing when the post-match interviews were going on on the pitch. This is not something you normally hear. There was something intense and um, just in a football sense really special about the atmosphere there. And I, I really felt sick. I felt like someone who, um, uh, you know, has had an awful time at Christmas and lost loved ones and then is watching Christmas adverts. You know, that, that's that's how I felt, basically. Yes. And, and the level of lionisation of Cristiano at the game yesterday was North Korean levels, wasn't it? I mean, uh, his song was sung. 
for most of the game um, and it was probably the best atmosphere. Sadly, you know, I wasn't there uh, that we've had at Old Trafford for some time. Um, and, it, you know, it, it was obviously inspiring for the team. Um, eventually, yeah. eventually, because there was a game on in between all of this um, yeah. and United were fairly ponderous in the first half. I thought they... Um, Launched the ball at Ronaldo's head a bit too often. I mean, he's good in the air, but it was a bit one-dimensional uh, and didn't move the ball very quickly. And then, you know, I, I was um, in a bar watching it with a friend of mine and we were commenting on just how static United's forwards were. You know, so often Bruno would have the ball look forward and there were, you know, three players not moving. And that changed after half time significantly. You know, it's so funny because when you watch a game on uh, Match Today, there's always this really distorted sense of what happened. I mean, I remember this from um, when uh, I shared a house with a friend of mine. He like, loved Match Today. That was mostly how he consumed football. And I would have watched a game in the daytime and then watch Match Today and be like, bloody hell, this looks like it was a really good game, but it was, it was really difficult to watch. So the thing that I would say was almost like the standout, uh, thing about the highlights was how good the movement looked. Um, <laughs> all, all, all the forwards, there was so much movement. Yeah, that's definitely true after half time. And I thought Cristiano played a part in that. He, um, instead of being a sort of static number nine, he started coming deeper and, and kind of vacating the zone for Bruno to run in. And I, th- I thought that caused Newcastle a lot of problems. And Sancho, I mean, he had a he had a quiet game. There were a couple of dribbles in the first half where he looked like, you know, the Sancho we know. A um, couple of good pass, key passes, juiced his stats a little bit. I think he's still working on getting to know the team and his fitness and his confidence and all of that. Um, and for much of the first half, I thought Greenwood was quite static out wide and he started coming in. And it just caused Newcastle all sorts of problems when United's forwards moved more. Uh, and, and, you know, it'll be interesting, with, like a lot of discussion Uh, on other platforms as well as this about what um, Ronaldo will bring to the team Um, and uh, like you know on the extreme negative end Jonathan Wilson said he's going to ruin United's style and this was a terrible purchase Um, in very forthright fashion I'd say both on Football Weekly and and in his column in The Guardian Um, and on you know the much more positive side I think we saw what he will bring you know he's he's going to He's going to finish off moves um, excellently in terms of his second goal, being in the right place for the first one. Um, and I think if he maintains his fitness, which he has done historically throughout his career, um, yeah. his movement is is very good. You know, that's the thing I was worried about. It, would it still be there? I mean, it is within the confines of the box, basically. Um, but his, his top speed uh, was right up there. In short bursts, he makes fewer, though. He did no pressing whatsoever, and I don't think we should expect any of that ever from him. Um, uh, so, you know, he it, he's going to score a bag full of goals for United, uh, undoubtedly. You know, I would say that, um, that both the goals that he scored are um, goals where it's like at least one and a half of those isn't scored by another one of the strikers at our club. The first one... Mason's like that. Mason Greenwood is the only player in the squad who I would back to make that run when the shot goes in. Oh, Cavani, sorry. Um, obviously, Cavani would, but uh, Ronaldo is going to do that better than almost anyone. I, I sent a little 
like screenshot of a zoomed in screenshot of the XG representation of that on understat being like there's going to be a lot of these this season aren't there of like a 0.8 chance scored by Ronaldo um which is obviously a good thing football wise um and his second goal the commentator on match today said it's not his best finish and I just thought no, I think he's looked at the goalkeeper's legs pos- leg position and slid it directly between them. Something that, apart from Cavani, no one else in the side would do. Um, no, I, maybe. I, I, I think I think he's I think he's aimed there. I think he's good enough. He's hit that clean, uh, and uh, it's a great place yeah. to to put the shot. There was a, there was a piece on the Athletic talking about how Solskjaer used to um, shoot through the defender's legs because the defender will. You know, stretched to block, and he'd perfected that technique uh, because it hid it from the goalkeeper. This wasn't quite that, uh, but you know, hey, eight hundred and something career goals. I'm going to say Cavani meant uh, Cavani Ronaldo meant that, and he hid it pretty clean as well. So um, he's he's going to score loads for United, and and he's going to demand to play a lot of games. And I do wonder where that leaves. Not so much Greenwood because I, I was worried about him, but I think within. You know, Rashford, Sancho, Greenwood, there's enough games for all of them there. I'm discounting Martial because I don't think he's going to get much of a game after this period. Um, and then Cavani's the one who might not get many games and he'll look like an expensive reserve. Um, you know, average age, 35, combined age, 70 of our team principal strikers now. <laughs> um, there's some corners yeah, in and- there, though. But yeah, exactly. Like every single team in the league would bite your hand off for either one of them, which yes. is kind of crazy. Oh no, 100% um, every single team. Yeah, especially yeah. Manchester City would love either or yeah. both. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, Cavani 21, of course, that hadn't happened by the time we last spoke. The, the uh, As inevitable, as inevitable as Bruno Fernandes. And you know, we talked about United being inevitable last, last time we spoke. I was, I, was, I did chuckle briefly watching the level of attacking quality in terms of individuals available to Manchester United in this game it is parodically good like it is like it is fantasy football uh, you know there there's no mid they had to play Pogba and Matic good job they're playing against Newcastle <laughs> yes I know like, they haven't got a midfield that was very open I mean Pogba we didn't mention him yet I mean he was fantastic in this game yeah you know, the the level of quality again. of his again yeah of his distribution playing in a deeper role now and I assume that's basically where he's going to play most of the season now um you know it has to, it has the problem in that especially when he's playing with Matic there is no midfield there's no mid- Newcastle broke frequently uh, and, you know, with ease and there was no one covering. And that is a problem for United. It will continue to be a problem. Um, but the, the progressive distribution from central midfield when Pogba is there is just world class. I mean, um, anyone can hate on him if they like. I know this wasn't a popular opinion generally, but uh, give me another central midfielder on the planet that can move the ball as well as Pogba. I mean, it, there just isn't one. Um, so yeah, you know, I hope he keeps up that level all season. I hope he keeps fit because yeah, you know, over his five years with United, that's not always been the case. Uh, but yeah, absolutely fantastic. And to your point, um, after that, it's Harlem Globetroppers stuff. You know, it felt like in the first half. I, I know I've said this, and I know it's really reductive and not an original point, but it does feel like. Um, you know, in the way that Pep gets his teams to play in a certain way and Arsene Wenger did, it often feels like there isn't an obvious pattern to United's attacking play, but there's so much individual quality. It's insane. You know, yeah. if you can't stop Ronaldo, 
if you, you know, if you can stop Ronaldo, there's Cavani, and if not, there's Sancho, and if not, there's Bruno, and if not, there's Rashford, and if not, there's Martial. You have to go very un or Pogba, and you have to go, or or if we're really desperate. Donny van der Beek, who was outstanding in Ajax's uh, Champions League campaign. I mean, you had to go a very long way down the list. You know, e- England, yeah. England, United back to 11, basically, is what I'm saying. There are goals everywhere. This is, this is the, um, the, you know, Mbappe, Neymar and Messi is PSG's front three. And we might have a better overall attacking resources than them. Like, I mean, because those three are unbelievable, but there's a little drop off to the next one. Like Cavani, Greenwood, Ronaldo. (laughs) I mean, not that that's ever going to be the front three, but, you know, it's it's somewhat ridiculous. But anyway, um, this was this came really into the fore um, when Newcastle did exploit United's... um, uh, weakness they it, I think Varane would have been able to deal with that situation if it was a one-on-one but it became a two-on-one which even he couldn't handle yes well um, as Maguire dived in I mean he was yeah. surprisingly rash for him because that's like you know he has he has his weaknesses Maguire but uh it's not normally lack of composure and he he went in far too quickly Luke Shaw covered which he had to do because it was a two-on-one and then that left the gap um on the left side of the defense yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I meant just right at the end when Varane was was doing clean up. For a second, I kind yeah. of backed him, and then it was like, oh no, there's another one. Right, probably even he can't do that. Um, the uh, just United hit back immediately. It was a fantastic goal from Ronaldo. Well done. Um, and then it really got good because Bruno scored an absolute banger. What a, what a hit yes, um, that was. P- Pogba was, that, at the time, sixth assist of the season. <laughs> I always thought he'd lost the ball, but he actually did really well to, to yeah. control it, take it past the player and, and toe-poke the pass and uh, to Bruno, who... Um, Bang! <laughs> there are yeah. there is another Portuguese player at United. If you'd forgotten, um, not Diogo Dalo. <laughs> Bruno. Yeah, there's another two. There's, there's another. There's yes. more than one more. Um, but yeah, I mean Newcastle gave him a lot of room, and probably afterwards were like, ah, oh, probably shouldn't have probably shouldn't have given him that much room, should they? But it was nice to see Bruno score a wild goal from outside the box. It feels like it's been a while since there was one of those. Um, but it wasn't my favourite goal of the game. My favourite goal of the game was that last one. Uh, I mean, if Pogba did well to get the ball to Bruno, still always feels weird that those kind of goals have an assist yes. given to them. Um, this one certainly didn't. Uh, uh, a beautiful, beautiful pass. Um, well, like move on the ball and then pass from Pogba. Really smart, sharp dummy from Martial. Um, and... Uh, uh, an absolutely lovely finish from Jesse Lingard and just a lovely goal all round. It was, yeah. And, you know, good, good for Jesse. I mean, it's uh, it's going to be a really interesting season for him because it feels like he might not get much game time, but he's come on in, uh, is it all four games or at least three of the games now? So he, he's clearly uh, in the manager's sorts and that's what he can bring if he's, he's if he's feeling happy and confident and in form. As we saw at West Ham, he can certainly score goals. Um, and making those third-man runs is is what he does best, I think. 
know, when he had his yeah. big purple patch under Mourinho, that was it. And and if we can get that mostly off the bench, then it's going to be a big bonus. He has, in the meantime, rejected the contract. So, um, and which I don't, um, I'm not surprised at yeah. all. You would do. You'd like, you'd like wait to see whether you're going to get any yeah. game time. And if you're not, you know, he might as well leave, whether it's in January or, or next summer. But uh, yeah, good for him. Uh, Donny Vanderbeek got six minutes. Didn't really do anything. Came on for Bruno. So, you know, getting a rest before Tuesday's game against uh, young boys. Yeah. Um, poor Donny. He really should have gone in the summer. Rejected his opportunity well, and now he's not going to play. Well, I mean, apparently wanted to go to Everton, was really keen and Solskjaer wouldn't let him, um, which is unnecessarily cruel. Yeah, I mean, I'd understand it if Solskjaer thought for a moment that um, he would use van der Beek in, in a, the double pivot, but he just won't. Exactly. He's, he, he is... Ronaldo's, sorry, Bruno's reserve. And to be honest, there are better options there if Bruno's not available, like playing Sancho there, who, who who's done that for Borussia a lot. Um, so, yeah. It's it's stylistic, isn't it? It's like there really aren't better options there if you want a proper number 10. Um, you want a number 10 to knit play together and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But it, like, as has been widely pointed out, Bruno Fernandes doesn't play in the system. Bruno Fernandes is the system. Yes. Um, and Donny van der Beek cannot be the system at number 10. So whereas uh, to not the same extent as Bruno, a player like Jesse Lingard would be doing the same sort of things. For sure. To be clear, I'm not 100%. talking about quality. Yes, yeah, yeah no, no, 100%. Yeah, there's obviously a drop-off in quality, although Je- Jesse will score goals if he gets game time. So, yeah, yeah. you know, and, and it's um, in the bigger picture. For sure, United should have traded, um, I mean, metaphorically traded van der Beek for a defensive midfielder this summer. For sure, you know. Yeah. Had to do that. It's incredible that United didn't given the way they structured all their fees for the players they brought in, you know, which is hardly any outlay right now. Uh, Mm. Ronaldo on a two-year contract, his £12.5 million fee split over five. I mean, it's a fantastic negotiation there, I have to say. Um, You know, I mean, that's 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 a negotiation with people going, please buy this, 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 because they just want the wages off the books so desperately. Yeah, it's it's like it's nothing to do with the money coming in to Juventus, is it? They just want a number that they can tell their fans they, you know, they achieved, give him away. Yes. So anyway, Uh, that was. I mean, you know, it was. It was good from United in the second half, I thought, especially, I mean, the, the movement, the attacking options, the quality of the goals, you know, the way they brushed Newcastle aside and pushed them back. Uh, it took a while coming, um, but uh, it did come in the end. And, you know, it's going to be fun at times, isn't it? If we're going to see that a lot. Well, well this is the thing. In, in The football will be totally fun and I won't have any fun. So 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 ironic. It's like oh, she's been waiting for so long for the football to be fun. Now it's going to be unbelievably fun, and I'm not going to enjoy any of it. Uh, you know, not literally, not any of it, but you know, it's all going to have a weird vibe for me. Um, which, which, like I said, is is ultimately mostly about this feeling of just, just, um, just not being in in sync with the atmosphere around the place, which was. You know, remarkable. I'm sure there'll be people for whom this is up there in their all-time favourite United experiences. People that went to this match. You know, well, no, no question. That's not that's not a speculation. There will definitely be people at that game for whom being at that game was like one of the most important things. So, 
you know. Yeah. And on the other hand, we have uh, people not understanding, not knowing how they're possibly going to explain the situation to their daughters or sons or, you know, etc, etc, etc. So uh, it's going to be a weird old season. Um, it is. The You also said uh, you said you were going to come back briefly to the uh, nonsense being talked about shirt sales. And it's not... The usual nonsense. I think everyone knows, everyone listening to this knows that United don't make any money out of the shirt about, sales. About £4 a shirt. Yeah. Um, this is a different one. This is the actual numbers being reported of shirt sales. Uh, I mean, yeah, it, it was widely sort of reported and tweeted. Uh, I'm not even going to mention who did it because it was obviously for publicity that um, something in the region of £190 million pounds worth of shirts had been sold. Um, with Ronaldo 7 on, which would be about 90% of normal shirt sales. And given we are a month into the season and most of them come in the first few weeks um, of the uh, new shirt being sold, represents just a massive uplift, uh, unprecedented, never seen before, didn't happen when Neymar went to Paris Saint-Germain, didn't happen when Ronaldo went to Juve type uplift. I don't believe it. It's not true. Um, and uh, anyway, whatever. It's uh, it's not a it's not a big deal, but um, you know, it, like I think Laurie Whitwell at the Athletic uh, had some inside info, which is basically United don't believe they're going to make the money back, given the the level of his wages and the small fee. Um, it was about other stuff, which you know, in a wider context, is exactly what a football club should be. Yeah, know? damn right. I'd like to see the money on the pitch and all yeah, of that. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Um, so yeah, there, uh, any, any, uh, off the pitch stuff we need to talk about? I mean, I, I mean, actual like news, I don't think so. I think this was, uh, it was, no. that, that's pretty much covers it. Yeah, no, I, I mean, um, no, we can talk about the women's team briefly, um, after this, uh, regarding United. No, I don't, I don't think so. You know, the window closed no. since we last talked, there was nothing major happened apart from, you know, the big one. Um, Jesse Lingard scored for England. Jesse Lingard scored for England. Yeah, good for him against Andorra. I think if I remember and correctly, Anthony Marshall scored for France. He did first goal for France for five years, which sounds bonkers, doesn't it, for a player of his, you know, quality at least theoretic quality. Um, nice that he, nice for him, like really nice for him, given everything. Really nice for him, a kind of show of faith by Deschamps because it's not like he's done anything. You know, really to to show that, but he probably would have been in the France squad at, at Euro twenty twenty uh, if he hadn't been injured. And and obviously in Deschamps thinking they've got some quality up front, you know, in France. Um, but uh, a, a different yeah. type. Pogba was excellent. Um, I saw some of the France game, one of the France games. Um, England over the international break, uh, they were very very good in Hungary and. You know, talking of horrible Oof. things. Yeah, let's let we could just let let that one. What, what's they say in baseball? We'll let that one go without swinging at it. Yeah, very unpleasant. That was very yeah. unpleasant. Um, afterwards, Southgate just just a brief mention uh, of this since we're on the topic. Southgate said we've got to get our own house in order first. Which you know, I yeah. think if if. Like, that's not the first reaction. I think it's right. You know, there is a problem with racism in in football and society generally uh, in England. Um, And so that's okay to say that. But it didn't half feel like whataboutism as the first thing you say. Really? Yeah. Because I I thought it was... 
I thought it was like quite bold for for Southgate to do to not just do the oh yeah you know these Eastern European countries are so racist thing. I, no, no, when... I, I agreed with that, but then it was basically his first response, and you know, so I think you know the first response is it's not like these Eastern Europeans are so racist. It's why is it the Hungarian FA, the Hungarian government, and UEFA and FIFA in this case allow thousands of black-shirted, with all the context that means, Nazis into their ground to chant yeah. Nazi racist stuff. Why is yeah. that okay? You know? Yeah, it's not. It's not. Um, so that's the context. Southgate but didn't I guess, say that. I, I guess when you're the manager of a team who three black players missed penalties and then got uh, relentless racial abuse, almost all of which came from within your own country, yes. you probably are, have that a little On more mind. to the forefront. Yeah, no, no, for sure. You know? For sure, yes. yes. So, but yeah, um, the uh, the international break finished. Uh, United's women played today. They did. Uh, they beat Leicester. Uh, looked like there was a really unpleasant injury to to Millie Turner, the defender, which is a real shame. It's kind of interesting because we haven't spoken about the women's team, have we? Since so uh, they've come back. I mean, they lost five players over the summer, including uh, Tobin Heath and Kristen Press. Heath especially. Well, Tobin Heath's gone to Arsenal. Gone right? to Arsenal, which kind of boo. says something boo and says something about her quality. Um, which we, you know we knew anyway. World world class player, um, and and lost Lauren James to Chelsea and some others. They brought five in, and I don't think anyone's pretending they're of the same quality. Uh, and so you know, while um, Mark Skinner, the new manager, has talked about getting into the Champions League, I think it would be from here quite a big surprise if that happened. There are three places, and the United finished fourth twice, and it looks like they're not as good. Whereas the you know City, Chelsea, and Arsenal have strengthened considerably, so you know, but won their first two games, beat Reading on the opening day and Leicester today, so um, probably the best of the rest. Although I think Everton especially are looking at pressing them for that fourth place. Yeah, and I'm not don't certainly claim to be no kind of expert in women's football. I certainly don't. <laughs> There's no type of football in which I claim to be an expert, but I know even less about. A, a huge amount less about women's football than I do about men's. But generally speaking, I would say by reputation, Mark Skinner is not Casey Stoney either um, in terms of his reputation as a kind of inspirational leader that's going to get more than the sum of their parts. I mean, obviously, Casey Stoney built that reputation at United to to a large extent. But, you know, it'd be, it would be a surprise if he's able to get um, as much out of the collective even and it isn't as good a collective. Yes. and his record is mixed at Birmingham and then with Orlando Pride um, and Casey Stoney of course has gone to, to um, NWSL um, yep. yeah, swapping places not same club but uh, anyway um, so that's the Ronaldo, Newcastle the women's team covered um, United have a game coming up Two games this week. Yes. We're back to the Champions League's back. Whoa. The champions. And we play Young, Young Boys, Boys, which is, you know, always what it is. But, so, uh, so many puns available. Young Boys playing at the Wankdorf Stadium. Uh-huh. Um, that, that's just a fact. Nothing you can, no. There's nothing you can do about that. It's just a fact. You're gonna, that's the fixture... And Ed's going to say it on the podcast because you have to. Um, we it's going to be really interesting to see 
what Solskjaer does. I can, I'm pretending that I can bring myself to care about this. Um, it's I, I'm so I'm so disconnected from this. As we talk about this, I'd normally be like really genuinely quite intrigued. But all I'm thinking is. I couldn't care less. I could not care less. But for the sake of uh, uh, of putting on a show for the people, it's going to be interesting to see what Solskjaer does in terms of rotation. This would seem to be a game where he wouldn't necessarily have to play his first eleven. But last season, he yeah. played Bruno Fernandes for 45 minutes in a literal dead rubber. Yeah, no, no, he's going to play a strong team. I, I don't know. There might be changes, but there won't be many. And it's the first... It's the given that United didn't make it out of the group last season. He's going to play a strong team, and United should play a strong team because it's so important. I mean, the pressure's on if if you don't win this game, and and you know, it, young boys are not going to be the one of the stronger sides. Um, you know, it won't surprise anyone if I say I don't watch a lot of Swiss football. Um, so you know, sorry, <laughs> they they qualified by beating Hungarian champions Ferenc Varos uh, in the um, in the playoff, um, and. Uh, CFR Kluge before that, um, you know, who've had a, a fair bit of uh, Champions League experience themselves. I think we played them a few years back, didn't we? I was going to say, do you mean they've had champions, a lot of Champions League experience or do you mean we played them that one time yeah. so we remember their name? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, young boys have opened their Swiss campaign with um, a draw against Basel and a victory over FC Zurich, um, as well as uh, a... A draw in the Swiss Cup with uh, FC Letau, who I've absolutely no knowledge about whatsoever. It's really good, isn't it? Because that's like that Top. is the first time I've ever heard that team's name. Yeah, I, I love it when uh, I find out the the name of a new team. Um, <laughs> young boys managed by David Wagner, um, who is you know Klopp light and uh, failed with Huddersfield eventually after getting them promoted. Um, so that'll be interesting. You know, he is a sort of disciple of that style of football as well. So without having seen yeah. young boys play at all, um, I'm yeah, just going to be pressing. I'm going to assume they're going to you know, instigate a high press style. Um, I think that's a fair assumption. Um, yeah. But of course, you know, United are now actually very good with the ball at the back. So I'm not so worried about it um, because everything that Rafael Varane has done so far at the club has been very high quality. The thing is, it's not them. That's not the place where the pressing's a problem, is it? No. It's the two in front of them that are uh, going to be just a little pressable. So, uh, where are we at with? Oh yeah, we well, talked about the international break and didn't talk about the game that was stopped oh, by magic. members of members of the civil service. <laughs> um, the whose tweet was that? Nick Miller's, I think. Um, it was a fantastic tweet saying like more games should be interrupted by members of the civil service. It just that I mean that is a, a truly unique moment yes. in world football history, isn't it? Yes, Lionel Messi arguing with a couple of health officials about why they'd come on to stop a game that was in progress. Uh, amazing. But uh, Fred was in the squad yesterday and, uh, you know, in theoretically had been released by Brazil, but still wasn't picked. I mean, I, I don't know whether it's just all the travel and uh, the um, emotional baggage around that game that was the problem. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw Fred, you know, away game, Champions League, um, pressing style, bit of energy. Scott McTominay is very close to being back, Solskjaer said. Um, he wasn't as part of the squad yesterday, but he's basically back in training after his uh, groin operation, which is very good because I think Scott McTominay is going to have to be very good this season um, if that midfield is going to function. So I don't know whether we'll see um, Fred 
plus Pogba, or I don't think McTominay is ready. I don't think Solskjaer was hinting that he'd be ready for this game. Or Fred plus Matic and shift it around a little bit. But, um, you know, I'd be surprised if we see Matic and Pogba again for an away game in the Champions League. Um, unless it's, yeah. you know, we'll score more than one, one more than you football, which it could well be as well. Yeah, it could be. Um, I just looked it up, by the way. Young boys have won the Swiss League for the last one, two, three, four years, which is there's a lot of league title wins in a row. But I've just looked through their squad and I'm pretty sure I've never heard of a single one of their players. Maybe, maybe one rings a bell from the Swiss national team. Uh, but we, we really are talking about a lot of players I've never heard of. I'm not saying that means United are going to win, by the way. Um, talking of people we've never heard of, I've never heard of the manager of the next team we're playing against, or at least I've attempted to strike him from my uh, memory as we follow up a trip to Switzerland. We we we, we follow up a trip to uh, the young boys with a visit to a United old boy, um, David Moyes' West Ham uh, United will be attempting to blow some bubbles and spoil a party. They're going well, although uh, Mikel Antonio got sent off, which is Good. tremendous news. Tremendous for us. news, yes, because he's been in really outstanding form. And yeah, a, a draw for West Ham against Southampton, but you know, they have good, look, he's built a good team, Moyes. Um, it has to be said, they've got some good players. Um, they brought in Nikola Vasic at, at quite an expense, and not Lingard this summer, um, you know, which was interesting. And and in Yarmolenko and Bowen and Antonio um, and Fornells, they've got a, a lot of attacking options, uh, sort of buttressed by you know, Sujek and Rice in midfield, who I imagine as a double pivot we'd swap quite quickly, wouldn't we? Oh, yeah, <laughs> for, man, for a couple of hours. <laughs> That's. Yeah, how long would you have to think, like Fred and McTominay or Suchek and Rice? I mean, I mean like, it's it's not even close. I mean, I, I was I was watching some of the England games, thinking that that um, Rice and uh, Calvin. I was going to say Calvin Harris. That's not right. <laughs> He's someone else. I, I I wouldn't take Calvin Harris as a no. member of the double pivot. <laughs> no. Calvin Phillips, Phillips um, yeah, would be um, definitely. Yeah, I'd take those two as well. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yes. So, um, th- but the match isn't going to be won and lost in the in the you know defensive side of the game. It's going to be won or lost in in whether United can get the right amount of ball and and do damage with it, which you imagine that we will be able to. I mean, this is this is the thing, isn't it? It's hard not to feel. I, I, I don't know. We're top of the league. Worth saying, just because we haven't had enough football super depressing content today worth saying that four games into the season the top four are Manchester United Chelsea Liverpool Manchester City so almost certainly from game week four to game week 38 the top four are just going to be the top I mean that might change you don't think Arsenal are going to be challenging for that top four spot then somehow not uh Arsenal are not part of the 15 (laughs) Uh, uh, Spurs are obviously not doing tearing up any trees as they got yeah a funny I'll I'll talk about this on the backers content actually Um, the uh, so I mean Leicester I I can't imagine they were right against City but I can't imagine they're gonna they're gonna 
break down that fortress. Anyway, uh, what I was going to go on to say is I'd almost be slightly surprised. I don't know, this is crazy. I'd be slightly surprised if we win both of these games, but that's completely irrational. In all rational senses, we should absolutely win both of these games, even assuming that we lose the midfield battle against West Ham. Yes, I think it is rational to say. I mean, obviously West Ham, you know, two wins, two draws so far, you know, there and a good end to the season last season, good quality squad. They are what, you know, six, seven, eight, that kind of thing they're looking to, to, to get to at the end of this season. At West Ham, the, that's right. It's at West Ham, and then the the cup games at Old Trafford, right? Exactly. Uh, yeah, we're playing back to back. Yeah, so you know, you would say all the factors point to this being a difficult game for United. Um, but but you know, if you can get Pogba on the ball, controlling the game, and then get United moving ahead of them, I I just I don't see how they stop us scoring. I just don't. You know, so. Yeah. No, the the only thing is that is a sub, somewhat big if. Sure. If you can get Pogba on the ball controlling the game because he will be under a phenomenal amount. Of, I mean, that will be one of the better midfielders he, mid, midfields he comes up against this season um, in terms of the type of midfield that are going to make his specific uh, job difficult. The only thing is that will then create a load of space for Bruno and... Et al. Yes, so, yes. Yeah. And I think who who is alongside Pogba really does matter because Fred will do yeah. a lot of the dirty work. He's he's not good with people running past him, you know. He's not <laughs> I don't know why. I thought you were gonna say he's not good with people. Yeah. I was like, oh listen, that's harsh. It is harsh. Um you know, his two big weaknesses are um you know, not that he lacks pace, it's just awareness of what's going on around him. You know, he's just not a natural defensive midfielder and use of the ball. He makes lots of lots of you know, defensive actions, though, um, and, you know, right up there. Um, so if he can do that and, and give get the ball to Pogba, then United have some semblance of control in midfield. Um, and and from there, loads is going to happen. And I imagine that West Ham will, will play, you know, a little back-footed um, and let United have a fair amount of the ball uh, and then just try and defend with with Sujek and, and Rice in front of you know in front of a, a back four. I know um, he's gone between three and four, but it looks like he's playing a back four at the moment, Moyes, um, and that will look like the pattern. So you know, hey, I'd, I'd be happy to predict two wins on the basis of nothing except for you know it's the Swiss champions um, in the Champions League, and and that United uh, if 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 they bring that you know second half against Newcastle to West Ham should have too much. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I kind of, I, I almost want to apologise to everyone for, for saying this and I'm, I'm certainly, certainly not trying to be a downer or not trying to, um, definitely not trying to influence how anyone else feels about this. This is just like one of the things we do on this show is talk about how we feel about things and um, I don't, I care almost not at all, which I'm sure that won't last. I'm sure that's a, there's a, um, there's a shock to all of this, which is kind of being percolated through and kind of worked through. But it's it's fascinating just thinking, like, if I had the choice and we weren't doing this next weekend, I definitely wouldn't watch either of these games. Like, definitely. As it is, I almost certainly will um, uh, watch both of them, you know. Um, but but it's, it's just a, a very strange position to be in, to be like, oh, yep, United are probably going to win two pretty big significant games this week because because realistically that game against West Ham is um 
is a like a upper mid tier Premier League challenge level away at West Ham. That's one of the more challenging fixtures of the season where we could be in a conversation for the league title. And and the Champions League is our first game back for you know since. Uh, December last year and we yep. didn't get through the groups last time and all that stuff. There's a lot riding on this, but it's like, yep, I'd rather do almost anything else than engage with this stuff. So sucks. Yes. You're going to have to engage in some cognitive dissonance, I'd say um, over the course. I can't, of this. I, can't, I can't do it though. I can't do it. I've never been able, I've never been any good. I can't watch Woody Allen movies. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, I've never been able to do it. So it's, it's just going to have to be some good movies. Um, so good, you know, it's sure. Uh, but, that's you know, that's exact. I mean, they were literally my favourite movies. So you know, it sucks. This was my favourite team until like two weeks ago. Um, uh, I, I made a small donation to a, a charity in Birmingham uh, called the Rape and Sexual Violence Project, which um, is an amazing charity that provide um, pretty long term uh, counselling and support for um, uh, people who have been affected uh, in various different ways by those uh, kinds of experiences. And um, I, the only reason I'm talking about this, because this is not like a, oh, look, I gave money to charity. I felt really weird posting about it, but I posted about it just to see if other people might think, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. I'll do that. And then a number of people uh, reached out to say that they'd done the same on the same basis. Uh, I know Carl... Uh, quote tweeted the um, the story about Ryan Giggs being in the director's box uh, at United with a link to how to donate to Women's Aid. Um, there's, you know, there there are there are positive, proactive things that you can do if you're uncomfortable with these situations. As as always, you can support the people that support the people that need the support. So yeah, well said. Back us on Patreon. <laughs> no, yes, yeah, stop giving um, the charities. We're, we're sorry, more important. Yeah, well, I was just, I just that was a weird segue because we're about. I'm about to say Patreon. Back us, stay tuned. Uh, we'll talk more about football elsewhere. Um, and everyone else, uh, we'll see you next week after a couple of United wins. Uh, I'm predicting two-one, uh, and no, no, I'm predicting a frustrating one-all draw in the West Ham game and a two-one win against Young Boys. All right, um, I think we're going to beat off young boys at the Wankdorf Stadium. So I'm going to go for a 3-0 win there and uh, 1-0 at West Ham. Yep, love this show, love doing it. (laughs) See you next week, folks. Bye now.